Hi everyone, welcome to our Holy Spirit series and really what begins the conclusion of our series and our sub-series on the gifts of the Spirit as we look at the final gift of the Spirit, vocal gift, prophecy and we'll probably take two sessions to do this because there's so much detail in it. In 1 Corinthians 12 verse 31 Paul says, But earnestly desire the best gifts and yet I show you a more excellent way. And then he goes into the wonderful passage chapter 13 to do with love the love of God that we're meant to express to others and meant to be the motivation for everything in the church especially spiritual gifts and he begins chapter 14 by saying pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy prophesy the gift of prophecy love is connected with prophecy therefore Paul's teaching us because it edifies the church It builds up the church. And if you love God's church, you'll want the gift of prophecy to be there because it's the primary way to build up the church in love. To ignore prophecy is to ignore scripture because this book in the New Testament teaches we need this gift. And it's the best gift because it best fulfills God's purposes in edification and building up the body. It's in all of Paul's lists. And he says in chapter 14, verse 3 and 4, but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to man. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. That's private tongue speaking. But he who prophesies edifies the church. So if you like, the differences between tongues privately spoken without interpretation in the church and prophecy, some of them are these. Tongue speaks to God. Prophecy speaks to people. Tongue speaks mysteries. Prophecy speaks uh, words understood by the speaker and by the hearer. Tongues edifies the individual believers, but prophecy edifies the church. And there are times actually um, where tongues and prophecy happen together. We see that in Acts 2. We see it also in Acts 19 and verse 6. They prophesied and they spoke in tongues. Prophecy is wonderful. Prophecy actually has within it inherent the power to bring about what it proclaims. Prophecy can bring guidance and not just through vocal words but actually you can receive prophetic dreams or prophetic visions. Prophecy can read people's hearts. We see this in chapter 14 and verse 24 and 25. Paul says if all prophesy and an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in he is convinced by all and he is convicted by all and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed and so falling down on his face he will worship God and report that God is truly among you. Prophecy enables us, as it were, to see into the invisible realm and it can uh, read people's hearts. We see that actually as an example in the book of Acts where um, secrets are revealed. Um, We see it with Anna and Simeon in in the the Gospels where God reveals them things about Jesus that, that, that only they could receive from revelation of God. And there's also a foretelling dimension to prophecy. Now, some people imagine that this is the only thing that prophecy is, foretelling. Um, But actually, it's not. However, it is a part of of the prophetic. In Acts 11, we read of a famine that was prophesied by a prophet, Agabus, and it came upon the whole empire, and he prophesied this, and it happened. But generally speaking, prophecy tends to be more of the foretelling kind rather than foretelling forth-telling like a now word from God um, that's relevant in people's lives and in the situation of the church. But what I want you to understand is prophecy, in the book of Acts in particular, prophecy was normal in the everyday life of the church. 
and it ought to be, I believe, normal in the everyday life of the church in the 21st century as well. I want us first to answer the question, who can prophesy? The good news is in the new covenant, um, all can prophesy. Acts chapter 2 verse 16 to 18 says, But this is what the, was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, it says God, that I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and on my maidservants I will pour out my Spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. And you see the categories of people, all flesh, um, and all kinds of people. And in fact, old men are mentioned, but the other three categories actually are young people. And uh, women are included, daughters and maidservants. And of course, in 1 Corinthians 11, Paul mentions the fact that women would pray and prophesy publicly in the church. And in Acts 21, verse 8 and 9, we read of Philip, the evangelist's four daughters, who were prophetesses. And it's very interesting that Derek Prince notes that considering the culture in the Middle East, it's extremely unlikely that Philip would have had four unmarried daughters who were much older than 15. So it's likely that these were not only young people, but they were female and they were prophetesses. Not just people who prophesied, but prophetesses. So the coming of Christ in the Gospels did not bring an end to the gift of prophecy. Um, So we can't say the Old Testament's all about prophecy, but it doesn't phase into the New Testament. But actually, prophecy is extended to all God's children in the New Covenant. Now, there are several differences between the Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy. Um, For instance, in the Old Testament, generally, uh, there was a community of prophets, a unique class of people. Um, But in the New Testament, all can prophesy. Now, it's not that all have the gift of prophecy or all are prophets. That's different. All can give a word of prophecy on occasion. Not all have the gift of prophecy. And certainly not all are the gift of the prophet, Christ's gift to the church. But all have the capacity to prophesy. And I think Paul bears this out as well in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 31. He says, For you can all prophesy one by one, that all may learn and all may be encouraged. You can all prophesy. And the purpose, as we saw in verse 4, Uh, 3 of chapter 14 was edification, exhortation and comfort. That's what New Testament prophecy is all about. To edify simply means to build up, to exhort means to stir up and to comfort means to cheer up, to edify, exhort and comfort the church. So more so in the Old Testament prophecy could have been quite a judgmental thing and um, there's not that sense in the New Testament. Um, it, it is true that there can be words of warning and maybe words of discipline, but we're certainly not meant to do the devil's work. He's the accuser for the brothers, and we ought not to be doing that in prophecy. The Holy Spirit, the parakletos in Greek, is the, is the comforter, the helper, the counselor, the advocate, the one who is called in, comes alongside to help us. And um, so... We've got to see the distinctions here. In the Old Testament, it was generally unbelievers who were prophesied to. And what I mean is, yes, it was Israel and Judah, but it was those unbelieving people within um, God's people, if you like, that prophecy was given to. But in the New Testament, prophecy is generally a sign to believers that God is in their midst. Though unbelievers, as we've seen already in verse 25 of chapter 14, can have the secrets of their hearts revealed. Um, But the point is this. 
God is not in the business of discouraging believers. He's in the business of encouraging them. And that's why New Testament um, prophecy is all about edification, exhortation and comfort. It's about building up, stirring up and cheering up. So what exactly is it to prophesy? Let me simplify it by saying prophecy is simply speaking to people from God. And so preaching can be prophecy at times. It's really telling something that God has spontaneously brought to you or brought to you in the secret place and you bring it to God's people. Isaiah 50 and verse 4 is a wonderful definition um, of prophecy. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. That's a wonderful way to describe prophecy. A word in season to the weary. So it's a word in season from God. Now the objection of some people to the gift of prophecy is, well, that demeans scripture or it makes prophecy equal to scripture in some way. But let me say this. In the New Testament, prophets did not speak words of prophecy with equal authority to scripture. You don't find that. And in fact, in Acts chapter 21, we see that the disciples in Tyre, um, Paul says, uh, or Acts says, finding finding disciples we stayed there seven days and they told Paul through the spirit not to go up to Jerusalem and then later down the passage in verse 11 it says when he had come to us uh, this is Agabus the prophet he took Paul's belt bound his own hands and feet and said thus says the Holy Spirit so shall the Jews at Jerusalem bind the man who owns this belt and deliver him into the hand of the Gentiles So basically, the church there, some believers, and Agabus specifically, the prophet, was saying to Paul, you ought not to go to Jerusalem because this is going to happen to you. You're going to get into bother. But Paul disobeyed that. Now, was it a word of prophecy? I think it was. Why did Paul disobey it if it was from God? Well, it wasn't a false prophecy, even though there may have been certain discrepancies in it. But I think the answer to this conundrum is the fact that it's, it's got to do with Agabus's interpretation of whatever he heard from God or saw from God. We know that Agabus was a reputable prophet from chapter 11, verse 28 of Acts, where he prophesied that famine I mentioned earlier. But whatever he saw, he knew that Paul was going to get into danger in Jerusalem and he put his own spin on that, maybe for, for, from a motivation of his emotional attachment with Paul and Paul's welfare and he wanted him to stay alive. He, he, he is then interpreting it that God's saying don't go Paul and in fact God wanted Paul to go so he's not a false prophet and it's not false prophecy but we see how the human can be mixed up in prophecy Um, and whilst the gift I'm sure is perfect from God it's not perfect when it comes to the human conduit in chapter 14 and verse 29 um, Paul says of Corinthians let two or three prophets speak and let the others judge now if prophecy as a gift was absolutely authoritative, why would anybody be judging it? Why would other people be weighing it? It's because spoken prophecy must be accountable to Scripture and the rest of the body. And Paul reiterates that in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, 21. Do not quench the Spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast what is good. Um, we can't imagine the Thessalonians despising what was equal to the scriptures and yet he's saying don't despise prophecies and um, he's also inferring that prophecies can contain good and bad and you've got to differentiate between the good and bad keep the good and get rid of the bad so prophecy is not the same as scripture 
And um, in fact, we see this again, verse 30 of 1 Corinthians um, 14. But if anything is revealed to another who sits by, let the first keep silent. Now, if speaking a, a word of prophecy is speaking the inspired word of God, just like the Bible, how could you permit it to be interrupted? doesn't make any sense. In fact, on the contrary, it says in verse 36, Or did the word of God come equally from you? Or was it you only that it reached? And um, Paul is basically comparing the word of God with their words of prophecy that they can't contain. He's saying there's a higher authority, and he goes on to elaborate in verse 37. If anyone thinks himself to be a prophet or spiritual, let him acknowledge that the things which I write to you are the commandments of the Lord. But if anyone is ignorant, let him be ignorant. Paul is saying, I'm writing to you as the apostle inspired by the Holy Spirit, God's word. But your words of prophecy aren't equal to that. Um, but they are human words influenced by the Holy Spirit, but they're not equal to Scripture, the commandments of the Lord. I hope that clears that up. But there's a warning in this for us if we exercise the prophetic gifting to realize that you know, be careful about being too dogmatic, being directional. We certainly should not be controlling in any way of other people through words of prophecy. And there's been a lot of manipulation, a lot of hurt and um, wounds caused by those who have said that they are exercising this gift, but not done it in a godly way through love, to edify, to exhort and to comfort. Um, so we, we, we do well to stay away from language like, thus says the Lord, when we're prophesying or the Lord's telling you that you must, but rather use terms like, I think the Lord is saying to me. Um, it seems to me that the Lord might be showing me. And, and with humility, I'm not saying with timidity, but with humility, I'm recognizing that words of prophecy ought to be tested by the rest of the body and by the other prophets. It's a wonderful gift. There's so much more to learn about it it's an it's a intrinsically vital gift for the church today to build up, um, to, to stir up and to cheer up God's people. And it's not used, frankly. Um, so join with me next time as we look at actually what false prophecy is. Because a lot of us are scared if we go down this line of prophecy that there'll be false prophecy and false prophets. How do we recognize that? And also how to prophesy, you know, the practicalities of how this is done. So, Lord, we just thank you that you've given this gift to the church and help us just to recognize it, receive it, welcome it, and earnestly pursue it, as Paul says. Um, but, Lord, also to be aware of how our human can get mixed up in it um, and, Lord, how to test these words and how to be accountable to one another with this gift. And I just pray for those who have, in some way, and being hurt by those who claim to be using the gift of prophecy. I pray for um, people who have re received abuse because of the false use of prophecy. And I just pray that you would heal them of that and you would help them to see the true and deliver them from the counterfeit. And I pray just, Lord, that, that your church may be exhorted, it may be encouraged and may be comforted through the wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit through the gift of prophecy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. See you next time as we conclude our whole series and uh, finish 
the gift of prophecy. See you soon.